Storygram Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. Welcome to Under the Groove. My name is Lisa and my co-host is... Flash Rider. Hey, Flash. Flash is my cousin. And, um, you know, I'm just staring at him right now and his eyes are so dreamy. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, cuz. What's up? We're going to continue this episode with the memory of your mom. And I'm so excited because, you know, we were just talking about this before the show that we can talk about her all the yes. time. <laughs> yes. Well, she, she just recalls a lot of memories for us. She, she sparks up that energy that <laughs> you have to tell the tale. And when people hear it, they're like, your mother did that. I mean, she was just that spontaneous person. I mean, out of 11 children, she was number, what number she was? She was seven, number seven. There you go. Yeah. Let me get let me give a little backstory on that. That's a good uh, place to give a backstory. So your mom, Juliet, is my mom, Lorna's uh, sister, and they have eleven children in the family. There was actually twelve, but a grandma lost a baby, you know, um, mm. way 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 back. And you know, we're, yeah, and we're from, we're from the Philippines, and our grandfather fought in the um, American Army in Korean War and World War Two. And so growing up um, in a family of 11 was um, crazy. My mom said, you know, 11 children, they're all really close in age. There's really, I mean, the last four are kind of far in age, but pretty much everyone is like within one or two years apart, which means grandma was really busy all the time, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Did you recall all 11 of them? Yeah. Want me to name them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely delivered and some of our family members would would want to know you, you definitely know the tree Lisa. Uh, all right here we go I'll, I'll say i'll say that i'll say um the name i'll say auntie and uncle before because that's really how i can remember them respectful so and auntie bb uncle intoy uncle junior uncle badong which was uncle nick actually and then auntie jin my mom Seven. your mom Seven. auntie bet Eight. uncle john Nine. Auntie Sill. Ten. And Uncle Paul. Eleven. So, you know, it's important to know because, you know, what we're talking about on here is all of the crazy times we had in San Francisco on McAllister Street. It was when when your mom and my mom were coming up, it was it was hate Ashbury. You know, it was the 60s. It was the early 70s. And, you know, the house was less than a half a mile from the hate, you know. Right. And so they grew up, you know doing all the uprisings and, you know, in San Francisco. And so it was a crazy time. And I just, I remember hearing stories, you know, about some of the crazy things that your mom did, my mom did, my father, you know, um, I mean, my mom had to walk to St. Mary's hospital at 12 o'clock at night, you know, when she was in labor with me, because wow. you know, my, 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 my father was off gigging somewhere in the hate, who knows? And there was no cell phones back then. So. And, and people got to understand that you, this is, your real father. Yeah. My biological father. Yep. And what, what, what's his name? If you wanted to share that with us. His name is Lawrence and he's since passed away. Um, he, he died in 2014 of a brain tumor. Um, wow. And you know, we, we're going to talk, we could definitely talk. I'd love to talk about that on a future episode, my relationship with him and how it shaped yes. me. 
Um, you know, but I just want everyone to know that, you know, growing up, I always think, I always thought that our family was like the, the Filipino version of that show. Eight is enough, you know, because grandpa was kind of like, he was very, you know, he wanted everyone to be smart and to go to school and to be perfect, you know, and everything like that. And the kids were just doing their thing. And some of the kids didn't want to, you know, do that. They wanted to go out and be free. It was the sixties and the early seventies and they just wanted to have fun, you know? And so that's um, definitely who my mother was. She, she, she definitely showed her, uh, her personality and character, the way they wore their hair, their beehive hairdos and their makeup. And they, she and her sisters were really artistic. I mean, they, they looked beautiful back in them days. If you see the pictures, how gorgeous they were and to be Filipino and Americans and show their, their sexy and ways. Ah, they were (laughs) so unique. I think I took that with me just growing up in the household of, smelling different fragrances because they all wanted to try different perfumes from Woolworth or <laughs> Woolworth. I remember that. Oh man. That, that was the times. <laughs> and what I remember finally about my mother is that she got whatever she wanted and she didn't have very much money. If you understand me, <laughs> your mom was so cool. I mean, she, you know, I love sharing these memories because her, she had so many cool boots and dresses Right. And she was so stylish. Like I remember there's a picture uh, and it's, and she's wearing like these short shorts. She has like these platforms on and like, like a t-shirt, like it's really cool. And her hair is all feathered and she just looks like you can't, you could never recreate how beautiful well, and stylish that is ever. When she came, when she came up, she was actually um, in those days called a go-go dancer. She was. And, a go-go dancer back in the 70s was just, I guess, um, just one of those ones that would dance in a club and, you know, something to look at and, and, and what have you. And to see some of those pictures of her in those days was, wow, just kind of heartwarming. I mean, she probably didn't make very much money doing it, but as beautiful as she was... But that's the thing with your mom. It was everybody liked her. And this is a really vivid memory I have about your mom being everywhere. Like whether we were at the store, we were at, you know, at a friend's house, we were at a party. She always got the party going and people just like to be around her. Like I, she, she was like the center of attention and she was a shining star wherever she went, you know, and she made And I like the way you said that. That's so beautiful. Cause that touches on what we feel is that, you know, we make people feel special. And I, and I, I love that because she, she's that person that actually guided, maybe shaped us to make other f- people feel special and feel wanted and, and feel like they're here for a reason. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, she knew how to, she, there's one memory I have it was Christmas time and I wanted a drum set so bad. I must've been like eight or nine or t- I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't, I don't think my sister was born yet. So I was below 11 and she, um, she got me a drum set. And I remember <laughs> coming outside the door at grandma, and grandpa's house. And there was this big box and your dad was there too. And they were trying to get it out of the caddy. The, I think it was the green caddy they had that time. They were trying to get out of the caddy. And then they brought this big box out and I opened it up and it was a, it was a, it was a drum set, like a little like a cheapy one. You know, like a, for kids, you know, right. And I was just like, she knew, she knew, she knew me. She knew what yeah. I wanted to do, pound on drums. Yeah. That's- 
And then one of our asshole uncles used the the base part as an oil barrel later on. He like took it and like and like put oil in it for in his stupid no 57 Chevy. Way, man. <laughs> oh my Holy god, I remember. Goodness. Sometimes our aunts and uncles are assholes. Oh well. Yeah, I mean. Uh, <laughs> Let's keep it a real cousin because it has to be told. Uh, if you're a fucking asshole, you're a fucking asshole. I've just got to. There's some, there's some shit, man. That yeah, okay. I guess we're I think, grown now. I know they were just on. He was unhappy. All sure, right, we. Sure. I hope they're not listening to this, but maybe they are. If not, you know, if they are, oh hi, more power to you. More power to you. Deal with the truth. Oh my gosh! Well, I love continuing the memory of your mom, and um. And one of the things that, you know, really sticks out in in my mind about your mom is that she always came through, always came through. I remember being in kindergarten and because I can remember back really, I have really early memories. And I remember being in kindergarten at Andrew Jackson and it was Valentine's Day. Right. And, you know, my, my mom was working and, and she just, you know, she works two jobs at that point. Oh yeah. She was constantly working. Yeah. And so it was Valentine's day. And I remember the Valentine's were still in the box and, you know, you have to make them all out and you bring them to school and everything. And your mom had the best handwriting. So I remember sitting in the car before school and I was late because your mom was sitting there writing each one out, like her perfect cursive handwriting, each one until she made them all perfect. And then she put a game to me and I got, and I was late to class to school. But I, I thought I, that memory is still with me. And so boy, every time I'm going to cry right I now. I love that. I love that. I know. It's like, it makes me so happy because like every time, like even with my daughter, you know, she's almost four now, but every time I look at her and I think, oh, I'm too like busy and I I just don't want to help, you know, help you right now. And I'll, I, I, that memory comes to me and I think, no, I'm going to stop and I'm going to get this. I'm going to take the time right now to do this because Auntie Juliet did that to me. And I apply that story to my life in so many, in so many different ways. And, and, and it's, you know, and there's a, there's a lot of stories like that where she, she made sure that it was man, cousin, you warm my heart just by telling me this and wow, time is love. I I, I love the way you applied it to your family and you teach Gigi that and beautiful. That's so heartwarming. I love it. You always taught me to that time is, is so important. And I, I'm not always good about that because I get caught up in my stuff. You know, I'm, I'm always, everybody does. Not just you. Everybody does. I do myself. We all get caught up, but I always, you do, you're, you're really good about that. You're always, and I admire that about you because you are someone who spends time. You put the time in with people, no matter who it is. You know, um, I remember like when our cousin, you know, passed away a few years ago, um, and you were just so there and, you know, and I saw that from out, from looking on, you know, looking in, like just looking at you thinking, man, Boone is, he's really there. His heart and soul are so into it. And I mean, we were all sad, but you really have a way to just be there for people. You really do. And I really appreciate that. And I respect that about you. Love it. And that's kind of what our guidelines are. I think the word today was admiration. So yeah. Wow. What a tie into what we do every day. I think that's our dynamics, cousin. Um, no matter of our, our good times and bads, I love you so much. And your stories, and I'm glad we're sharing it with these people because uh, I think it's important, you know, really very important. And for those that can relate to us and hear what we got saying, it's really heartfelt. We're not 
scripted or nothing. I think this is all from how we remember things and what came from our hearts. So <laughs> very, very unique. Very, yeah, very original. I think so too. And it's so comfortable. And I want to talk about also too, because I think it's important to talk about this is the day that your mom passed away. You yeah. were you were 11, I was 13. <clears throat> and I remember I remember going to you guys were at your grandma your your dad's parents house, um grandma grandpa's house on on your dad's side. And right. um and I I just remember walking in and seeing you in the room and then the first thing that you showed me was a letter she had written you like a, a couple days before. Do you remember that? You wrote that you I have a I have birthday letters that she had, but man, that, that probably was something that I had to share with you at the time. It was actually, it was, but it was your, it was a birthday card because your birthday was the day before. Yeah, I actually, I think I was actually, I was 12 going on 13. That was the day. Yeah, it was actually, they're not, no, no, excuse me. It was Friday the 13th. Yeah. that's. I try not to to have that any relevant to any bad days, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, definitely turn that age. Wow, cousin. <laughs> well, I, I know because the thing is, it's, it's, I, I think about it a lot and I don't know if, if it's healthy or not. I mean, I feel, I mean, I feel like I've, I'm a pretty happy person, you know, and I'm, absolutely. I'm, I, 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 but I, I do, I do love my memories of, of your mom and, and, and that oh, day yeah. was hard. And then, oh, yeah. I, yeah, gosh. And you were, as, as, as I, as I recall it, she had, um, she had asthma ever since she came here from the Philippines. Yeah, she did. I guess she smoked cigarettes when she was there. And then she transitioned over here. She smoked cigarettes as well. And the cigarette industry is, you know, well, that's a, that's another talk, but yeah, because of that, she had asthma. And people asked me, how did your mother pass away? And I was like, asthma, I'm like, you could die of that. And honestly, try breathing through a straw, you know, if you can. And she just couldn't breathe. And as that happened to her, um, you know, during that time, they were going through a lot of other stuff. There was, you know, a lot of other factors to it besides just the asthma. But that's basically what she did. She had a collapsed lung and she yeah. couldn't breathe. And as she was gasping for air, you know, I'm as a child, didn't know what to do. So I ran down the corner and I, I hit the, uh, the fireman uh, button because the ambulance was just taking way too long. I mean, I think we were... It was probably at 10, 15 minutes, but it seemed like forever. So the next best thing to do was to hit the alarm. And they came even quicker because they were just around the block in Diamond Heights. And as they came, it was kind of scary because they were cutting their clothes off. And they were doing, I mean, that's a traumatizing kind of thing there. And trying to get her on the respiratory uh, thing to, to make her breathe. And my only recollections is when they took her out, we went to St. Mary's hospital and I seen her on the gurney and they had the, um, they had the sheet over her. And so the, it was a hard understanding for me. And I still was, I guess in shock because when we went back to Gung's house, I just, the silence of everything, the quietness you hear after you really lost somebody is probably really, really overwhelming. I mean, you think they're going to come back? Because I thought for years, I'm going to see her. I'm mean, that's not but her. The denial really hits you like a ton of bricks, especially at 12 years old. I, yeah. you, you can't you can't say everything was going to be okay because we never went through therapy. We didn't have somebody to speak to us and say, yeah, you guys needed this. 
couldn't afford it, nor did we think that was something that was um, necessary. But we healed. As a family, my brothers and sisters stuck together and we kept it close. As we cried a lot of the years, as you've seen us a lot of years, we just needed your love. We just needed your presence. We just needed your laughing, your crying, your hugs and kisses and your, your delicious meals you used to make us. <laughs> I mean, we didn't know any other way to live because when we've, we've seen things through my mom and she told me that, and it always stuck with me. She said, Bun, as long as I'm alive, Bunjing is what they call me, is my family name. So if I refer to myself as that, that's really what just my family calls me. I know. I, I was thinking about that when we started the show. I was like, I wonder if he wants me to call him Bun. I mean, you know, you go through your, you know, you're Gary, right? <laughs> yeah, that is, that, that's my that's my father's name. Yeah. And I love it because I'm a junior. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we can cut that out, Bun. Um, no. <laughs> It's it's real, and so that means something to me because my Flash Rider is my brand that I use for my tattooing and my art and my stuff, and I've always been known that way. So, yeah, <laughs> as as I hear people call me, I know who they are. I know Bunjing. Well, my mom gave you that name, Bunjing. Do you oh, know what that actually means? It's a, it's a thing. This is really amazing. Bun is a noun, and it's a thing that is helpful or beneficial. There you go. There you go. That is totally you. That's yeah. so you. I, I mean, and I never, and I never knew you that your mom would come. I mean, I don't even know where that nickname came from. <laughs> that crazy. I, you know what's funny is anybody who's outside of the family, and I don't know what it is, but they can never say it. Like all my friends growing up, when I introduce them to you, they tell them, like, tell them, like bo- Boone, Bun, like Daniel Boone. Yeah, it's like it's not that hard, Bun. And then no, this is no, so funny that nobody could get it. Maybe it was just meant for us in our family. Ha. It is. <laughs> it looked like fun, but she was just so, she was just so original that, yeah, she took it all home with her. She, she I, was entitled. She had, I, you know, another thing I remember in her bedroom, she had a full collection of the trolls, you know, those troll dolls. And she also had um, this really elaborate display of earrings. So uh, remember that? I, I was going to talk about that earlier when you were mentioning things. She had a, it was a chain from one end of the room to the other. And, and every little chain link was a pair of earrings. So I couldn't even count them all. So when she passed, my sisters had the opportunity to, to 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 have all these, and they probably still do, and they probably discarded a lot of them because it wasn't their style. Because my mom would have these earrings that were <laughs> they were huge chandeliers, I guess chandeliers on her ear. It it was the style back then, and if I was to look at it and how beautiful she was wearing it, I'd be in awe because they were all up there. And it's funny that you brought that up because it was up there for years, cousin. Yeah, it, and all, I remember all the feathers. She had a lot of like peacock feather earrings and just feather earrings. And um, I, I actually was at the dollar store a couple of weeks ago, and they had a bunch of troll dolls there. So I picked them up, and I now Gigi has them all. Bunch of troll dolls in her room. So cool. Oh, that's tight. That I wish cool? I would have had. We would have gave yeah. them all to you, cousin. <laughs> all that. I, I still have this all this memorabilia that I, I need to share with people because you know I can't take any of this. So I love to give them to my nieces and nephews and to you. You're deserving of it, so you should have 
uh, these things from her, you know? Well, I have a few of her uh, jackets still. Um, they're packed away. You know, I'd never wear them because she was a size wow. two. She was a size Please two. Bust them out, man. I'll, I'll cut the sleeves off and like, you know. Make, make it a- your own version. I mean, as long <laughs> as you're using the material, I think she's still alive. You know what I mean? I know. It's so, and but, you know, people might think, I mean, it's been 37 years since she passed. But like I said right. earlier, it is, she is still here with me every day. Like she's legendary time. cousin. Yeah. She's legendary. I work, uh, I work in a, a tattoo shop in San Francisco and, you know, we're born and raised there. So as I see folks that come from Chinatown or come from an area that, you know, my folks, um, hung out in, I hear stories about them knowing them. And I said, Hey man, you don't know my mother. And this one, this one OG, I got to call him man. He, he passed away too. And and he said, man, is that your mother? Because I had a picture up on my wall. She said, he said, he said, I know her. I said, man, you don't know my mother. He said, I know your mother. I said, you're going to share a story with me? And he says, yeah, I'll share a story with me. And it wasn't disrespectful, and it lit my heart up. And he said, man, your mother was a fine-ass woman. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and from, from that, I knew. And he had his own story, and it warmed my heart. And I loved it because it was somebody that remembered her. And when you're not forgotten, I think that's really important for a human being is that you always be remembered, not only on their death day, not only on their birthday, but any day that you feel relevant, any day that you spark a memory of somebody that you cared for, that made you feel special, that made you feel solid, that made you feel whole. Share that with somebody, man. Let them, let that person know that that person that actually taught you something it's her. Julieta Lira Louie scarred me for life. I have her tattooed on me. Why? Because she was special. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I've hated her for a lot of these years. Yeah. Because of we some talk. of the things that that she's done. But as you get older, you can't blame your parents for for anything that you thought you missed out on and is fortunate. And I've probably done it many a times, but I've scaled it back as I as you get older, you get more mature and you almost thank them. <laughs> As I do on my father's birthday, man, I said, thanks, Pops. I mean, thank you for being patient. Thank you for being loving. That's why I do have these, these feelings. And I go to the cemetery and I bring the flowers and I kiss her stone. And I tell her that her grandchildren are getting bigger and that I, I speak with cousin Lisa and she loves you and she shares the love. You don't know how many times I've said that. Only because when I call you, sometimes I'm there. And I know that's healing for me. Even when we go through our, our stuff, I just, I know she's, she's understanding. I know that she'll always have her back. <laughs> she's our angel. I know she is our angel. And isn't it funny? You do call me what, what, and I'm always thinking about you. It's so funny. Like you'll call me when you're visiting your mom's um, grave. And then I'll be like, oh my God, cause I was just thinking about you. And there was a time, remember when you guys went, was it you? And then somebody found a note on her gravestone. With, the, it, with Gigi. Yeah. And it was, somebody had written a note and it was from the desk of Gigi. Like someone had found a scrap piece of paper somewhere to write a note. And on the back of the note, it said like from the desk of Gigi. Yes. Isn't that yes. so crazy? I mean, I, I couldn't believe that. I was totally blown away by that. I think we're, we're connected and I think her... Her spirit is always with us, and and well, uh, that's we we pay tribute and we admire this beautiful woman. I mean, 
we'll we'll get into some of the rocky roads that she's led us to because those are the 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 stories that are just unforgettable man and <laughs> oh gosh I, I have to share if they're willing to listen because it was um it was healing for me as i told these things because i just didn't know how to express it as a young man i felt uh criminal <laughs> and i was only doing it because i loved her and she told me to do it and you're never going to deny your mother of anything that was necessary in our life and to eat and to have money to pay for books and clothing or just bills was, was pretty difficult. Yeah. So I admire her a lot. We could, I'd love to talk. I, I mean, the stories, uh, we have some crazy stories about your mom, but like we our, our podcast is called under the groove um, and I named it because yes. I'm the boss, you know, I'm older than you. So I, yes. get, to, I get to pick yeah. everything. Ha! <laughs> just kidding. Um, but the reason yeah. I, I, when we were, when we were talking um, about starting, you know, a show and something that we've been talking about for a long time, because we essentially just, you know, do this all the time anyway. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and we were, we were, um, our, one of our favorite songs, well, at least mine was, and I have a specific memory about this with your mom too. It's called Under the Groove. Remember, one nation, nation under the under groove. groove. Get, get getting down, down just for the funk the of funk it. Of it. Yeah, Remember yeah. that? We were at Sears up there on Stanion. It's not there anymore. I don't know. It's like an old. Oh name, yeah, <laughs> we we used to we used to boost from that place quite often. This is my story. We were at Sears, and it was back to school time. And my mom got so pissed. She was like, yeah, ha! when I got home. That's what they used to call her. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I got home and I had all these new clothes, but I, your mom was, she had, she puts a bag in the center of the rack, you know, she goes and picks out size. I was six (laughs) X and she would put it, she'd go in in the center of the rack and slide it in the bag. And then we walk around, but me and you were always looking in the mirrors, you know, those three, they have three mirrors. And I remember you were, you were so good at like popping and locking and then you would always like be in the mirror, like popping and we were, and then I was a break dancer. Yeah. And you were singing one nation under the group. And we were like, and then your mom was over there, like getting some clothes for us in the bags. <laughs> but that was like, that was a, that was a real, that's a true story. Um, of that you is a true story because yeah. I was her, I was her right hand man. We used to go to the spots and, you know, I used to go into the little, uh, with the clothing things and, and pop the sensors off. So she told me one day, you can get what you want. So I was so excited about just, I forgot about everything else, what my, what my task was. So I forgot to pop a lock off. And the only thing I was really, my mind was, is mom said I could get a toy and I got the new transformer, latest toy. So happy about that, that when we walked out, the buzzer went off. And so my mom had this little red purse that was her boosting thing and was stuck to the brim. So she kept that right underneath her arm. As we walked out, the buzzer went off and the, the loss prevention, I was going to call LPS at the time, lady told her and a man came out, excuse me, ma'am, we need to check her bag. And she wouldn't go to the car. And without hesitation, I heard what she said and I just did what she said and went straight to the car. But as I did, I turned back and the lady tried to grab my mother's arm and then she turned around, she belted that lady so hard. I seen her feet go up in the air. Mom <laughs> took off and we took off peeling out out of a parallel park and we were gone. And I didn't give a fuck. I just want to play with my toy. <laughs> 
Where was that? I was that downtown San Francisco, right? Yes, yes, yes. You saw the lady's feet just go bloop right up. You just as you're what you oh my gosh. Cause she belted her so hard. You see the friends are around and they respected it. And there was the whole clip of people that they had in the inner and outer mission and um, downtown and uh, through the avenues. Uh, <laughs> man, I mean, we were all over. All over. But, and your mom always took us on an adventure. Like yeah. we were either in Chinatown doing something. Yes. We were, we were, I don't know, you know, we go to all the different events, like any kind of street fair. We were there. Um, yes. We were always at a party. I remember always going to some place and, and being at a party with your mom and all her friends. And we were kids. I mean, we were like, you know, seven, eight, nine. And um, I remember just passing out, like, you know, going to sleep and we'd be, be watch cartoons in one of the rooms and we'd all just be like watching cartoons. It was all like family. It was like the Filipino scene. You know, it's all the people. Yeah. And, we were all together. You know, I mean, we, yeah. we needed you. It was like you were. <laughs> we just we just needed each other i mean if we were if we seen each other we seen each other every day in our our funny 70s clothes which were flooding and different color shirts or my mom actually had us color coordinated because she got us some fits so you know yeah you were so stylish you had like the we all had like and we always did have really cool like clothes you know like seven, it was like, that saturday the night fever man yeah. you know the filipino brady bunch because we yeah. were high collared and uh, color, like I say, color coordinated. As we went to school, I think some of the kids used to make fun of us because we had like the latest kind of uh, polyester clothing <laughs> that was available. And we didn't know any better. It's just my mom, she would do that extra so that we would look like her kids, I guess. Oh, I know. It's so funny. And I remember one time I totally made fun of you and I feel so bad for this. My mom bought you a pair of like Gloria, Van- Gloria Vanderbilt jeans, like or they were a boy version, but they were like, by glory. And you had these G tight jeans on. And I was like, what is going on here? My mom was like trying to make you like into like, I don't know what she was trying to treat you guys, but that's so funny. You remember those jeans? Oh my God. Yeah. Cause as I went through, I'm like, I don't even know how I even put these things on, you know, <laughs> cause grandma used to work for Levi's. So well, that's right. I remember have, that. We have every Levi's known to mankind, you know, stone wash the jacket. So, Being a San Francisco brand, it really made me appreciate it as I got older. I remember that when she worked at that candy store downtown. Right near Blondie's. Yep. Was that on, um, uh, I'm going to say Pioneer Street. Powell. Yeah, Powell Powell Street. Street. Where the cable car turned around. And that's so crazy. Like when I went to the house, grandma and grandpa's house, when it was being torn down and it was just like a, basically a hole in the ground. And I, I stood there at the front door and I was like, wow, I peed my pants here so many times. Yes. <laughs> you know, I was like, this is yes. crazy. Cause I used to, cause there was a gate. Remember they had the gate and you had to ring the yes. bell. And grandma, you know, she had Parkinson's. So it took her a while to get down the 50 stairs downstairs to get to the gate. And I'd always go pee-pee because I was coming home from school and I had to go back. Right. I'd be like, Grandma, I'd be screaming, Grandma, hurry up, hurry up. And then she Or you go right around in the corner where the other house was, because that's yeah. where I had to go. 
Yeah, you. Well, I remember that you. The boys could do that, but I'd be like, ah, um, that house was so cool. I, I remember those stairs. I and I remember. They always looked out the window when I. They, oh man, I'd always see them peep out the window. You know that was like, okay, I'm here. You know, come in there because they had to really look at you to see if you're there. You know, back in <laughs> back in them days, they had to because they're up the stairs, right? Yeah. <laughs> so here for them to look out the window, then come down the stairs to see if you're somebody we can let in. We we never had keys to that place, huh? I never did. Yeah, and they they always had um because Grandma was always home. She didn't go anywhere, so she was always right. there. Then they put that buzzer at the top of the stairs so right. she could buzz it. But then she still first have to see who's outside before she put the buzzer. Um, right. And and I remember because there were so many stairs, and I just try and slide down those stairs like we jumped the whole stair. I mean, I think when we were kids, we used to think we were so slick. And we used to put newspaper on our shoes so that it would absorb some of the impact. But jumping those stairs were like just so competitive, jumping those stairs, cuz. I know. And, there, and then the hallway was so long and, and there was a, a heater, a big heater in the, in, the, in the hallway that pretty much heat the whole house. And, but you could talk to the person in the garage. So every yeah, time, on the floor. Yeah. So every time Uncle John got like a, a phone call, I, I, my aunties would go, tell Uncle John he has a phone call. So I pulled the rug up. Uncle John, phone! And then he'd go, I'll be up. And then he'd come upstairs. I know because there wasn't an entrance from the garage to the house. You had to go outside the outside, house to get, yep. to get in. Outside the garage and through the gate up the stairs. To get to get in. And then that hallway was so long. Do you remember? I it, it was there for so many years. And then one day it just disappeared at the top of the stairs. You know, there was a huge wall, and it was just a huge picture of God. Like just one big picture of Jesus Christ up there, just like a huge one. And he was sitting on top of some some land that looked like i don't know like he was in space or something and i always used to freak out when i'd go at the top of the stairs i and be like, do hey. remember that piece because yeah. you stare at it and you're just yeah i don't know I was like, <laughs> it was so crazy oh my gosh it was that, velvet wasn't it it was like a velvety kind of texture crushed velvety yeah yeah it was like crushed kind of it was green and kind of crazy and and, and then, then listen going in going into the main going into the main uh living room you'd always see our picture that's how we know we're like we're part of this family because we see our picture <laughs> up on top yep i know along the whole the whole top of the the living room and it, that, that house was so cool because it had really ornate like moldings yes, and picture molding and, and crown molding and yeah. chair molding and and the wainscot really on the side yes yeah, that was, was all original to the house oh and then the pictures were so greasy like the frames because the kitchen was right there and grandma just you know they all they did was fry fish all day it's like fried fish all put this day. little little touch of a uh, grease yes. on every frame yeah. Earl, a little bit of Earl, a little bit of, you know, cooking Earl. <laughs> Crisco, get the Crisco. God, there was uh, a lot of Crisco. Remember uh, that yeah, Crisco lard? Do they still have oh, Crisco? <laughs> you know, going into going into the kitchen too always kind of tripped me out because um, they had that little room of storage, and we'd always kind of play in that little room like it was our hideout room. Yeah. Where are that? And it had the big, uh, there in the storage room, there was like this, uh, drawer that you pulled out. It like pulled towards you and it was like a huge basin and it was full of rice. Yes! Remember, remember that? You just pull that out and there was a scoop and you just scoop some rice out. That's so funny. That was a childhood thing. You know, ketchup and rice. We just bought. Oh my god! That's <laughs> You're a bad Asian. You do not put yeah. ketchup on your rice. <laughs> no, or or milk in your tea. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know. I have milk in my tea right now, actually. Huh? The McAllister house. That place and the and the and the, li- the rooms in the front were so cool. Like the, it was really neat because the floors were some sort of mosaic. Like they were just a really cool. Those the remember the back room was called the piano room. Remember because that was where yes. the piano was. And yes. that's where and that room had like this crazy ornate looking floor. It wasn't like a tile. I don't know. It was like lin- a big piece of linoleum that had a big drawing on it. I don't know, but it was really pretty. And, I, uh, I always dug the uh, doors, how they opened up, and they you can go to the other room, the uh, the, the sliding doors, sliding yeah. doors, and it went right into the wall. Yeah, yeah, there was like those pocket doors, I guess they're called, and then you slide it up, and there's the other room, and then yeah, that was cool. That, that house was so neat. I wish, I wish, um, you know, it got restored instead of destroyed and turned into, uh, you know, one point five million dollar condos. You know, I. I think back to all the great times we had and I feel like that neighborhood, that community was so friendly and and I feel like that made it, that made me want to just be a friendly person because we had to, we helped out our neighbors. You know, we there, there was a lot of elderly people in the neighborhood that we would help out or, you know, carry their groceries up from Arguello. I don't right. know if you remember George, the cleaners. Remember the the cleaners right yes. on the corner? And he would let us go in the back sometimes and press the clothes and stuff. But those kinds of things really shaped like me to want to just be helpful because, you know, like from Ray, the guys at Arguello Market, Ray and, and Glenn and all those guys or Lenny, whatever his name, what those brothers, like from all those experiences of them letting us help out at the store and then from George at the cleaners right next door, letting us like, you know, help press the clothes in the back and then, you know, the la- the laundromat was right there. And there was always the yeah. guy who, he always let us, uh, you know, they would have to get the key and pull it out. All the quarters would come out. He would let us do that. He'd be like, he'd give us his, like, he would pull his keychain. you know, you know, those keychains that you pull off and they, they, they're like a string and then they go back into your waist. Those are the janitor, janitor ones. Yeah. He would let us pull it out and then we'd get to un, you know, unlock the, the laundry and then pull it out. And all the quarters are there. He let us dump it in and then he let us wipe all wipe all the machines and then, and then stack all the soaps in. I mean, he, he was probably like, Oh great. These kids are working for me for free. This is amazing. Free but, labor. I know, but we loved it. And he, and it, it was, was a sense fun. of community. Yeah, right. Even Rossi park. Cause we, right. we swam at. Yeah. It was Damn, five that cents. was just, that was just down the street. Yeah. Five cents. You give him five cents or was it 10? It was 10, 10 cents or five cents. And we go in there and swim. That was fun. Right. But all of those, all of those people in the neighborhood, you know, letting us help out. And I I feel like that's really important for kids to help out. Like even I would get so excited when the the neighbor next door, uh, she was like this very fashionable woman. She had like always wore these really pretty pillbox hats. I think her and grandpa were friends, if you know what I mean. I'm I'm kidding. Um, But they were always chatting it up. And I would always like to help her bring her groceries up. And she'd be so happy. And she'd she'd give me like 10 cents or, or some kind of candy. And I just looked forward to helping her. Like it wasn't like I wanted anything. It was just like I loved helping her, you know. Right. So, those times were good. I like that. I like, and I think kids need more of that today. And I think that, you know, a lot Absolutely. of kids, kids don't Absolutely. have people, kids just need to like use tools. They need to just do work. You know, they need to help out and get well, that consideration, experience. considerations and efforts. Yeah. I mean, they think they maybe don't have to do it, but it was just a respect. Like you said, if, 
if it was bringing an elderly um, uh, person's grocery home, yeah, because it was respectful. And if 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 their families was to see our grandfather do it, and those people in the community knew our grandparents for many years and would look after them, and that was that sense of community. And I loved it. And you're right, we should show that. We should show um, our older generations that we care for them and they're not going to be left behind or they're not going to have to be taken advantage of or hurt because there's a big thing in San Francisco right now where there's a lot of youth um, terrorizing um, older Asian um, people. And it's yeah. terrible. You're killing these older folks and please don't treat them that way. You know, you're just making the wrong choices by hurting these elderly people. We've come to the end of Under the Groove. Until next time. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Gotcha. New episodes of Under the Groove drop every Sunday. Storygram Network. Network.